This is News Talk 980 CKNW. You know, quite often uh, I'll be at a restaurant or out and about and people will say, you sound like that sex lady on the radio. And I'm like, "Uh, that is me. (laughs) They're like, no. I'm like, yeah, it is. And they're like, no. And they don't believe me until I say, we're going to be talking about this secret society known as sex. You know, the one where everyone's doing it and no one is talking about it except, of course, yours truly every Sunday night here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate everyone about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. This show is more than a sex show, however. I am just trying to seduce you to listen to information about health, relationships, love, and your body. And then they believe me. Good evening. I am Maureen McGrath, a registered nurse in the field of sexual health, author of the book Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other, researcher, blogger, clinician, TED speaker, and your resource to help start that conversation, answer your questions, and help you discover new and exciting things about sex Health, love, and your body. I make no innuendos, no judgments, and certainly no apologies. Just fearless, straight-up talk about sex and health. Let's hope for you it will be illuminating, educational, get you thinking, and have a little fun. I'll get you thinking outside of the box and have a little fun. So please stay with me. There is an aspect, of course, of sexual health that is dark, and that is of sexual abuse, unwanted sexual advances, pedophilia, and rape. Of course, for those of you who have been sexually abused, traumatized in this manner, you have are never far from my heart, and I wish you all the best on your healing journey, which often can take a lifetime for many people. I keep you in my thoughts and prayers. Always. I also want to uh, send out uh, safe vibes to everyone out there. We're fighting lots of fires here in the province and uh, hoping your families will stay safe in this. Uh, Good evening, Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm fantastic. How about you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much. We are celebrating tonight with our hot dogs. With yeah. our Chicago do- oh, I don't have a Chicago dog because I didn't have time, but you have a Chicago dog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, nice to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Yes, it's such gorgeous weather here. Um, yeah, we have lots uh, going on in the program, and I, I want to uh, congratulate you once again for your graduation. And, Thank uh, you. I have a card for you right here. Thank you can you open so much. that up a bit later. <laughs> Um, and also, uh, thank you for all of the work that you've uh, done for this show. Uh, yeah, and, and we'll be doing continue, you know, and we'll continue to do because obviously we need you. That's a, <laughs> it's really exciting to see how many people are listening. It's uh, that was a really Friday was a great day to get that at the end of my work shift. Yeah, the the ratings are up by five hundred and forty four percent. Did somebody say? <laughs> yeah, something about numbers and you like what? There's five hundred and forty four percent, and then five million. Exactly. <laughs> I am going to go out and buy probably my third lottery ticket ever <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks so much. And I'm so glad, you know, we have a couple of the regulars on the program tonight joining us. And, and this show is nothing. I've uh, been nothing. What is that? N- nothing without you. Anyway, I lost the tune there. But um, the or the wind beneath the wings. I won't sing for you just now. I'm not quite ready yet. Uh, hitting a little traffic out there tonight. That's a little stressful. Get the heart going. Speaking of heart, we're going to be joined by Dr. John Weisler. He's a cardiologist, and he's going to be talking about women uh, and heart disease. Did you know that it was the number one killer of women? No, it's not the extramarital affairs the husbands have been having. It is actually heart disease. Uh, So he's going to be joining us. uh, And I'm so glad because John has been with me for a number of years. He's a regular contributor to this show and obviously a fantastic contributor. And, And thanks to all of you listeners out there who are in fact, listening, I just thought it was my family. That was all. And then they turn it off. You know, did you have to say that? Really? Um, but anyway, 
uh, hopefully you won't turn me off. Hopefully you'll stay, keep the radio turned on, if you will. Also going to be talking about uh, something else that's extremely important, body image and sexuality. Oh, did I mention put the kids to bed? Please. I know it's uh, still sunny out, out there especially if you're looking at that southwest view. Uh, Still sunny out there, but do put them to bed or put them in front of a video, please, or give them their own computer or something like that. Uh, A trophy, perhaps. You know how we're raising kids today. Anyway, uh, have you seen that Millennials video about... um, (laughs) That is good, huh? (laughs) It's so true. Um, But anyway, we're going to be talking about SEX, so put the kids to bed. We're going to be talking about body image, and that's really important in terms of sexuality. You know... Uh, in, in a number of ways, whether uh, it has to do with how good you feel about yourself when you get back to the bedroom or um, how somebody else perceives you or, you know, if somebody is uh, still attracted to you. So it's it uh, has uh, lots of different relative aspects. And I'm uh, also going to be talking to a woman, Janica Maxfield, and she's a very inspirational woman, and she's going to share her story of how she lost 85 pounds. And the good news is, I'm so happy I'm actually eating a hot dog right now (laughs) as we speak um, that I got off the street. I love that guy. But um, she's you can eat anything. She told me she had cake and chips, and so I'm really looking forward to talking to her. But, you know, we have healthy and unhealthy relationships with food. and I've noticed even, well, I, I often say, you know, it's what you put in your mouth. Uh, it, that relates to how much you weigh. And that is true on, on some level. But then, you know, with the summer, I've really upped my exercise and I'm starving all the time. Like last night for dinner, instead of having the chicken that they could have gotten, I was at, at, at a party and they could have gone in. I, I arrived a bit late and gotten me the chicken breast. I just said, just give me the pie with the ice cream. And, you know, that was delicious. <laughs> anyway, but that's not good it, because I was starving and there I saw the pie. I don't even like pie. But anyway, I love ice cream. So we're going to be talking to Janica about her journey. And uh, it will, if, for any of you out there who have ever thought of losing weight or wanted to lose weight or, and, and what woman hasn't and men too, you should be thinking about it, guys as well. But it's good to uh, be in shape and be trim and feel good about yourself. Uh, So we have lots of uh, subjects coming up tonight in the program. We're going to be talking about contraception, IUDs, sexually transmitted infections. I have all of your, which is not such a beautiful subject, but nonetheless, it has to be discussed. Uh, I have all of your emails that you've sent to me, which I completely and totally love. Thank you so much. You can email me at nursetalk at hotmail.com or go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. That's backtothebedroom.ca. And you can fill out the contact form there. You can always email me at sextalk at cknw.com. Um, you know, with, with a 544% increase in ratings, which I think is good. <laughs> um You'd think that they could call in with their troubles, don't you think, Matt? There's a lot more out there listening. And so give us a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell if you have any issues that you want to discuss, if you're having any uh, problems back to the bedroom or in your relationship or or how to meet somebody, um, or should you go after that woman who has a boyfriend? Why not? What the heck? Go for it, right? You never know about life. So I would love to hear from you. And uh, thanks so much to all of you for listening because this program would be nothing without you. I can't think of the song that that those words... um, I'd be nothing but the best. Well, that's something different. Anyway, great new song from Kesha. Um, 
praying. Have you heard that one, Matt? It's number nope. two. It's number. I'm going to look it up right now. Number though. two. It's fantastic for anybody who's been uh, brokenhearted or in a relationship where somebody told you that you weren't uh, as valuable as you were or you are. Uh, you'll want to hear this song. It's a beautiful song. And uh, it's it was a therapeutic song for for Kesha, who no longer uses the dollar sign in her name. I want to to note, so that's a sign of maturity. Um, but it's a beautiful song, and it's it's about uh, praying for somebody else, in that the other person actually gets the help that they need. And and I love the words to this song. I'm I'm actually going to teach myself this song on the piano. That's going to be my summer goal. It's such a beautiful song. It's only been out for a week. I know all the words, of course. <laughs> And uh, But anyway, you'll love it too, I'm sure. So thanks so much for being with me. Hopefully you'll stay with me and because uh, we have lots to talk about tonight on the Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you with my sidekick, Matt. You can give us a call 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, it's an honor for me to have this gentleman in the studio once again. Dr. John Weisler is a cardiologist extraordinaire on the North Shore, but he also treats all of the superstar uh, athletes in this province as well. Dr. Weisler, thanks for joining me in the studio. Thank you for having me, Maureen. It's always a blast to be here, so thanks very much. <laughs> and he's not kidding, because we met out in front of the studio, and I was a bit late because I was caught in traffic. And uh, I said, do we have time to run and get a few Chicago dogs? And he said, yeah, I'm with you. He's seven feet tall. So he was down there ordering them before the time. <laughs> by the time I got uh, two steps ahead. Whatever it takes, Maureen. I just, you know, they're not the most heart healthy, <laughs> but that's all right. We, they're we, not. We, we got it done, you know. We got to eat, you got to eat. And we did, and I wanted to bring the guys some some dogs, right? Because we're celebrating tonight and we're celebrating our ratings that are up. And thanks to people like you who actually take their own personal time to come in here and educate the public about a very important situation, heart disease. But before we get to heart disease, we're going to get to Louise, who's on the telephone. Hello, Louise. Hello. How are you? wondering, what should a lady do when you're in a business setting, and it happens to be a financial advisor, and he got himself all happy, unbeknownst to me, and then he propositioned me to travel with him. What should a lady do? Well, and so, <laughs> can you just clarify that happy thing? <laughs> what well, do you mean by that? You know, the, you know, the hot dog that you said you went Oh, with? yeah, that's what I thought you meant. I wasn't sure. Yeah, so you, you could see that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> What did he have, a Speedo on? It is not out. No, I, he didn't he didn't tell me that. And then he has his own program. He announced that on his program. And I was very embarrassed about it. Oh. And he has a program just before you. Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> well. I was very upset and everything. Okay. Else. Well, you know what? Why don't we talk about this offline, mm -hmm. uh, off air? Um, yes. Why don't you give me an email? Well, that and we can fine. discuss it. All right. Thanks so much. Um, you know, if somebody ever asks somebody out, uh, you you know, it's up to you to say yes or no. It's your choice. Uh, so thanks for that call, Louise. So, Dr. Weisler, we are back here, back at it. So thanks for running to get those hot dogs. And we, with like three minutes to spare, we were here we on the it. air. We got it done. That's we're right. here. And that's, that's my motto, get her done. Cardiologists like 
to, I don't know, help with hot dogs. It, it's good. not like you no, are no. not, um, you know, fully aware of uh, right. junk food. Okay, That's you're right. like the junk food king <laughs> on afraid, Facebook. I'm afraid I am. I'm afraid I have to admit it. I'm <laughs> and you were so. like surprised that I was eating a hot dog. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't announce my life all over Facebook. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so nobody knows. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a bad way right now. I'm not eating very healthily. Uh, I'm, I'm super hungry, but uh, I'm, I'm exercising a lot and I'm, I'm just choosing the wrong things because salad just doesn't fill you up nope. when you're starving, and, right? And when you're, when you're in a rush, when you're trying to get something done or get somewhere, you know, the, the junk food is the fast food. It's the easiest. It but, you is. Know, you got to eat. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, it, there's everything in moderation. You know, you got you to live too. Uh, and so the hot dog before the show, no big deal. But it's important, you know, that we try to live healthily, at least most of the time. Exactly. Know, I, I don't post my salads on Facebook because because nobody would care. I post the I do stuff. post my salads yeah. and my healthy food on yeah. Facebook. I, occasionally, I have to say. But, you know, I was, this is really bad. The two confessions. I was in McDonald's this morning. But they, I was reading all of their messages. I wasn't there for that. It was not research. Um, but it was for an Egg McMuffin and double hash browns. But um, they, you know, they say, you know, people need 1,500 to 2,000 so, calories a day. And children need 1,000 to 1,500 calories. Please order the fillet of fish and the and the big mac that's what they want you to do but um you know very crowded everybody eating in there um you know so it's all of these messages out there but it's best if we do eat healthy but we're going to talk about that a little bit later because right now we're going to actually talk about heart health and heart disease in women and that it's the number one killer in women and i was i was actually uh speaking to a group of women recently and i said did you know that it's heart disease that is the number one killer and none of them had a clue. And it turns out doctors, well, except for you, a lot of general practitioners don't know that either. Don't test women for heart disease. And so tell us a little bit about or, that. Or, or yeah, or it's, or it's under-recognized, you know. Heart disease is the number one killer for both men and women. And, you know, we, we've got to, um, I think women need to remain vigilant about their bodies and, and how they're feeling, know their risk factors. There was a study that was published uh, back in June, uh, looking at over a thousand uh, women in the greater Los Angeles area between ages of 25 and 60. They found that over, you know, almost 50%, 45% were unaware that heart disease is the number one cause of death for women in America, and it is in Canada as well. Um, and furthermore, they go on to say that, you know, um, the vast majority of women in the study uh, did see uh, a general practitioner, their family physician regularly, at least yearly, but only about 40% had had some sort of discussion or investigation about the health of their heart. So we kind of, I, I think we see these articles and they're in the background, but we don't always translate that into action, whether it's taking care of ourselves or looking at our risk factors, or if we have new symptoms, discussing them uh, with, with, with your family doctors or other healthcare providers, which is so important. Absolutely. And and women, I think they're surprised that, I think we associate heart disease, heart attack with men. Mm-hmm. And and I think women are surprised to learn that they are at risk for heart attack as well. Yeah. But the symptoms might be a bit different in women. They so are. what are, how do women present when they're... Yeah, so, so heart disease does... Uh, st- tend to strike women a little bit later, you know, for men it's in the 40s and 50s, for women late 50s or 60s where we see the peak incidence. And the symptoms are often different. So chest pain is the most common in men and women can still get it, but they're more likely to have, you know, something else, out of breath, sweating, 
uh, nausea, uh, just feeling weak or unwell. Uh, there's a patient I saw a couple of weeks ago. I can't give you too many details over the air, but she had very atypical symptoms. Uh, you know, she was sweating and weak one day and just went to her family physician who uh, was very astute and actually picked up on the fact that it was her heart and sent her in and we were able to take care of her. But, you know, these, these things do happen and we see it all the time. Absolutely. And I'm going to ask you to stay with me. We're going to continue this conversation uh, when we come back from the break. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you so much for being here with me this evening. I uh, I love that you're here, and it's always my pleasure to be here with you. If you have any questions at all, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, in addition to doing some sexual health work and other consulting in healthcare, I'm also... Uh, a partner with the British Columbia Innovations Council for Innovations in Health. And so we're tasked with looking up and building a list of the healthcare challenges that are in the province uh, with the aim to research the best solutions and apply innovative technologies to that. And so I'm extremely interested in in telemedicine and, and other ways of breaking down barriers to excellent healthcare. Uh, telemedicine is the use of telecommunication and information technology to provide clinical health care from a distance. And uh, J- Dr. John Weisler, a cardiologist who is a guest on the program, a regular contributor to this program, uh, is is familiar with this technology and is looking forward to using it in the coming weeks. So he's going to be able to help a whole lot more people out there in the province who may not be able to access him. So Dr. Weisler, tell me about telemedicine and uh, how it we apply it to improve health care and improve access to care, really, for patients around the province and even patients who are in their homes who perhaps can't get to see you. Yeah, so, um, the, you know, the, the Internet and uh, other technologies, uh, Marine, really offer a lot of opportunity to reach people that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. You know, you can listen to this show through the Internet anywhere in the world. And, you know, for, for the healthcare point of view, um, you know, a lot of people live in remote locations or have trouble accessing doctors, and it's even harder when you want specialist care or if you need specialist care. Um, I've had the privilege of doing one type of telemedicine now for over five years with uh, with patients from Bella Bella and Bella Kula, who I support in my practice. They're part of our community of care. And so we have uh, video link technology that's fully secure. It was given to us by the province. And I've been able to, you know, see patients that way. It spares them, you know, the hassle of a flight down and leaving their livelihood and their family and uh, and makes care a lot more accessible. And it's a great resource for the patients and also for their treating physicians in rural locations who don't have a lot of resources to, to draw upon. Uh, and so I'm excited to expand this uh, in, in my practice. Uh, I'm looking forward to in the coming weeks um, trialing a, a new um, type of secure video technology. It's run by a company called Live Care. So it's kind of like Skype. But it's really secure and it's really high quality. So uh, it's it's webcam based, so it's a video link conference. Uh, but it's you know I, I think it's more secure than what you use to do your online banking. So nobody else could intrude on your conversation or eavesdrop. So patients and their families who are using it can know that we can communicate securely, and. We have an opportunity to help not only those patients in remote locations who otherwise would have trouble seeing specialists, but also patients who you know can't make it to the office. So whether they're uh, elderly or they're frail, they've had an injury, they, they might need somebody else to drive them who can't make it. 
And so we can replace a lot of what we do in the office uh, using this new technology. So it's very exciting. It's an exciting time in medicine. It is. And and you can also, it's my understanding that you can also do these consults for physicians in remote locations, so a general yes. practitioner. And so you can actually, with the assistance of nurses or or GPs, actually do their vital signs yes, for the that, patients. That's right. I, I've done it both ways uh, for the remote locations. I've often had a nurse or a physician in the room if the patient was sick and the you know the doctor would give me their findings. And then we also have uh, camera technology that will, that will let me inspect things like the neck veins that we look at as a cardiologist. And there's a stethoscope that we uh, have access to that actually transmits the heart sounds through a long distance. And actually the quality is pretty good. You know, uh, somebody else has to place the stethoscope so the patient could do it or we could have a nurse go in and do it. But I'm able to hear the heart sounds as if the patient was right there in front of me. Which is fantastic. So fantastic. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I saw, we both saw the this article on LinkedIn posted by Heidi Henderson, an innovator herself, mm-hmm. um, a- about how the use of telemedicine that has been going on in space with NASA right. for a long time. And I was really intrigued by the fact that they use ultrasound quite a bit uh, in space. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Because ultrasound is fairly small and portable. So they're able to assess, you know, things like injuries and we use it on the heart. They can see uh, how well hydrated the astronauts are. And they've been following things like telemetry and respiration for a long time with sensors since the dawn of the space program. And, you know, uh, Heidi is the, the uh, one of the leaders of, of Live Care and, and uh, you know, they're sort of taking it to the next step with, right. uh, with what they're offering. Which is fantastic. I know that we, we, I mean, in some of my settings, I have used a telemedicine um, in the prisons, for example, in the correctional facilities, we use telemedicine quite often, especially if the doctor is off-site. So it can be very helpful and um, you know, very beneficial not only for the physician but also for the patient and to be able to deliver better care more equitably uh, throughout uh, the province. That's right. It's you know, it's it's if if you look at uh, healthcare outcomes, whether it's for cardiac disease or cancer care or a number of different other conditions, the outcomes have traditionally been better if you live near a major urban center with access to specialists and tertiary care, and it's because you have more resources, you know, and easier access to expertise. And so the hope with telemedicine is that we can reduce or eliminate those those barriers. And you know, th- there's a learning curve uh, both for you know if you're using a hospital for the hospitals that are doing it for the physicians and for the patients. Most of the time it's pretty easy, and you know, there's still the odd patient where I kind of say, well, I wish I could examine them myself, but probably over 90% of the time, I feel pretty happy with the service I've been able to give through through telehealth. And a lot of patients I'll get asked to see will be for follow-up of a condition and I can rely on their report for how they're doing or something like their laboratory values, like their cholesterol. We could easily do that, you know, via the video. They could spare them the, the travel and the hassle. Exactly. I do a lot of online consults with patients around the world, but um, I'm looking to switch over to uh, something like live care as well. And it's it's extremely beneficial, you know, because they often say, is there somebody like you in, in Santa Barbara, California, or in mm-hmm. Singapore, or France? And, you know, I, I'm a bit unusual given my nursing background and my sexual health background as well, and the research background, which is what I combine to deliver the care that I do. But, uh, but it's great and it's exciting to uh, deliver better health outcomes for as many British Columbians as possible, and that, that's possible through telemedicine. Yeah, and I think the the Innovations Council that you're part of is is a fantastic uh, you know opportunity because there's there's so many uh, new opportunities. Technology has changed so fast, and uh, in many ways we still practice the same system that worked back in the 1950s and 1940s. That's right. And there's a lot of things that do work, but there's a lot of opportunity to do better. And I think telemedicine is perhaps the biggest example that I can think of. Yeah, exactly. And I think we just get sort of used to it. We get we're bogged down with a lot of work and the innovations in 
Health Partners, and there's six of them throughout the province, um, so we're stationed all over the province, but are able to research um, kind of some of the solutions and and matchmake, which is the part that I really like, fixing people up, uh, matchmake the problems with the solutions and ultimately deliver better care at a lower cost uh, to British Columbians. So uh, it's a it's a lofty goal, but, you know, one step at a time, small steps mm-hmm. we take here to make big advances. Thank you, Dr. Weisler, for joining me. Thanks, Maureen. It's been great. All right. It's always a pleasure to have you. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show. When I come back, we're going to hear the inspirational story of a woman who ate cake and still lost eight. 85 pounds. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show, and I'm Maureen McGrath. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW on this most magnificent evening in Vancouver. I have a woman in the studio who can drink beer, eat chips and cake, and lose weight. How come I can't do that? Like, I look at cake, <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, 10 pounds to the hips. Jenica Maxfield has a most inspirational story. She's had a uh, a particular relationship with food. She grew up being a very, as I say, heavy-set child Um, and uh, had a fairly unhealthy relationship and was educated about food in, in a way that may not be the healthiest. Jenica, thank you so much for coming into the studio to talk about this. Thanks for having me. Now, you've lost 85 pounds. So far, yeah. So far. Yeah. So well, you look fantastic. You have more to go? <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you want to yeah, lose more? More to go, but now it's just at a point where I'm like, oh, I can do better. I can get healthier. I can get stronger. So, Well, maybe cut out the beer, the chips, and the cake. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, that's no life. <laughs> I know. It's no life. Um, and says me, who just downed a hot <laughs> yeah, dog off hot the dog. street. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how we celebrate here. Right, Matt? With the little Chicago dog. Yeah, right? that made my day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, I didn't even have to say, like, I didn't want to eat my salad. Oh, I've got fruit left for dinner, so <laughs> now I'm satisfied with that delicious old beef hot dog. Of course, the footlong one, of course. Um, so, Jenica, you have uh, lost 85 pounds. It's been quite a journey. Tell me about your weight issues from uh, being a child, from when you were a child. Yeah, so uh, when I was a kid, I mean, I've always been heavy. I've always struggled with my weight. I didn't really realize it, I think, until I was about eight. Um, And that's the first time I sort of was aware that I wasn't normal, quote unquote normal. Um, And so, you know, my mom had her struggles with her weight for a long time. And so there was a lot of like, you know, talk about diets and stuff and and weight around the house. Um, I was also raised like a lot of people in my generation in the... uh, Clean, clean your plate if you want dessert, you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. you just sort of learn to what's in front of you. That's what you eat. Um, and wasn't there lots of like slim fast around your yeah, house? Yeah, there was you, slim fast. That was kind of the go-to. So there was always sort of this message of dieting and, yeah, um, and yeah. but eating, eating everything. It was kind of a mixed message. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, um, you know, so very young, my... My a lot of my self worth was wrapped up in you know what I looked like and and stuff. So you know I spent a long time really hating myself. Um, Starting from the age of eight, yeah. Did you, I mean, were I you remember, uncomfortable at that? Yeah, it, it just did the kids make aware, fun of you. No, that's the thing though. Like I didn't ever have bullies. Like all the kids were really nice. I grew up in a really small town, so um, everybody was super nice, and uh, it was just self imposed. It was you know uh, feeling. Like, if I was fat, then I wasn't worth the same as somebody who is not. So, And so it really affected your, your value and, yeah, your, and, yeah. and your sense of self. Exactly. And, worth. you know, I, I started dieting and 
Um, at what age? Eight. <laughs> at eight. <laughs> yeah, at eight. And, uh, you know. Was that guided by your mother or no. did you just no, pick no, no, that no. up? That was just me. That was like, I'm not normal. I need to be normal. So let's just. And did you, you learn know. from your the patterns from your mother, though? Did you um, did you start the Slim Fast approach? No. Oh, no, no. No. There was none of that. There was no pressure to diet. There was nothing like that. It was just that awareness and then looking around like, and because I was in a small town, you know, I was kind of the fat kid. Um and so looking around and that takes seeing, on a life of its own too right totally does my entire identity was you know wrapped up in being fat um and so you and know, were you eating unhealthily or were you eating everything Do you- i just ate whatever um but you know as i got older it became an emotional thing so you know i'm i'm sad i'm gonna eat i'm happy i'm gonna eat i'm bored i'm gonna eat and so. did that make you feel better Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah, that's for the, about the 10 halt. minutes. And then, you know, and then you feel like crap because you've just eaten too much and right. you know, not because you're hungry, but just to make you feel better. So, And, and just being self-aware of that um, yeah. angry, lonely, tired, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, if you're aware. In, and so the, the eating made you feel a little bit better for a few minutes. Yeah. And then did you start self-loathing? Oh, or? boy, did I. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I was, I was suicidal for a long time, um, struggled with, you know, I just, I hated myself. I hated myself inside and out. And, you know, I thought if I look like this, then I must be a terrible person. So yeah, it was a struggle. I mean, as a teen, you know, like you, <laughs> it's terrible really time awful. of yeah. life. You know, yeah. it can be the most challenging. Bodies are changing, yeah. you know, it's hormones starting and- hormones, boys, <laughs> yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, and you you mentioned that you were suicidal for a long time. Yeah. And what what age did that begin? Uh, around fourteen, fifteen, I think. And did you tell anybody? Nope. About that? Nope. No. You just you just didn't want to. How how did it manifest itself? It was just I felt worthless as a human being, and you know I was also really shy, really introverted, and so I had a hard time. You know I didn't like groups of people, so I'd only have like one friend at a time. So I was lonely a lot of the time and insecure and um yeah it just got to a point i was just like i just don't i just don't want to be here anymore this is just miserable mm-hmm. you know and then in your later teens mm-hmm. how what was it like then you got did you get married young Were you, yeah, you, yeah yeah i was uh 18 18 yeah and 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 you found yourself at one point as a single mother well i'm a single mom now single mom so, now yeah. but back then even you were Back then, I mean, we were married for 16 years, okay. um, but, you know, gaining more weight with each pregnancy, and I, I had four kids, so, <laughs> you know, you, you kind of suffer through that, and then my husband was working, and I'd be home with the kids all day, and I'm just, like, eating, and, mm-hmm. yeah. And what was your, if you, if you, nobody ever likes the number. Nobody likes to ever stand on the scale. Yeah. I make the patients <laughs> in my office stand on the scale, yeah. but I won't, yeah. um, but I'll, uh, and they, they'll tell me they weigh 175, and then they stand on the scale, and they're actually 222, yeah. Yeah. and so they and they're they're stunned at that. Yeah, uh, it's so easy to gain weight. It's oh, just so hard to take so it off. Fast. So what did you tip the scales at? At highest your, was 282. 282, yeah. and you're about five six. I'm five nine. Oh, you're five nine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so 282 pounds. And yeah. did you actually then get on the scale? And how did you? What was the epiphany? Well. I mean, I knew how much I weighed and I wanted to do something about it. But more than that, I wanted to, I wanted to make peace with food and with myself. I was so tired of hating myself so much mm-hmm. and struggling through every meal and having anxiety around it, obsessing. Like the amount of time you spend thinking about your weight when you're overweight, it's like, I mean, I wasted so much time that I could have been doing amazing things, you know. 
Right. And so you were obsessed with food. Then. Yeah, I was. It As, was a compulsion, obsession. And, and did you addiction. eat all the time? Uh, pretty much all the time, yeah. And did you ever exercise? Not not for a long time. Um, yeah, to me, exercise was always kind of a punishment. It was like... <laughs> well, it is. The, yeah, the thing that you don't want to do. And it's like, <laughs> no. ugh, you yeah. know. Exactly. Um, but once you get out the door and you do it... Then it's okay. You feel great afterward. Yeah. Yes, but then even but- the, the forms of exercise I'd been exposed to, it was a lot of like, I'm, I'm not at a fitness level that I can do this. So it was miserable. Exactly. You know, so you didn't get the endorphins. You just get like sweat and pain and ugh. Right. It was awful. And so what what changed it for you? What was... Uh, like for losing weight? Yes. Uh, for, or the, deciding to change your life, your relationship with food decided to you basically became a different person. Yeah, I really did. Um, it was just seeing that weight and just being so tired, just tired of struggling over this thing and having so many other things I wanted to do. So there life. wasn't anything in particular. Were your children um, heavy? Were they? No, they weren't. None of them no. were. And, and they did. Did they seem to have a... Did you have a, were you able to educate them with a healthy relationship with food? We, you know, I've never talked diets in the house. It's mm-hmm. always been, let's be healthy. You know, what's the best thing we can do for our bodies and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, I don't draw attention to weight and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I don't want them to have that, you know. So there was no rock bottom for you? Or- not not really. It was just, I, I got fed up. You got tired. Yeah. And so you got tired and you started on a whole new journey. Yeah. And uh, so, which is uh, fantastic. Congratulations. Thank it's you. a It's a huge accomplishment. Thank you. Accomplishment. Yeah. Pun intended <laughs> to lose 85 pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing. And uh, and so I'm, I'm honored that you're here this evening sharing your story because so many women mm-hmm. suffer with weight issues and men suffer with body image issues totally. as well. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes they're too thin and they mm-hmm. suffer as a result of being too thin. Yeah. Um, but also, and so guys want to put on weight and yeah. they try as hard as they can. I feel so sorry for them not <laughs> right. um, to try to put on this weight, but also... Yeah. Uh, to take off weight it's it's really difficult to take off yeah. weight and it's so it can be so satisfying you know just to grab that ring ding and to grab you know oh, the chips yeah. and the oreo cookies Especially when and you're the, stressed and when you're stressed yeah. and when you're rushed and it's easy to do i put on a, some weight a few years ago i was i was happier than larry and i was invited to speak and i was doing all these speaking engagements but they happened to all be in restaurants and they would serve me dinner and then one night and i thought i'm i'm happily gaining all this weight <laughs> and one night i noticed another speaker and he arrived he gave his talk and he left mm-hmm. and I thought, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, the that's what I have to do. Yep. I can't stay for the dinner. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I stopped eating the dinner and then, and then the weight came off. But, um, I, I'm not, I'm not somebody who's struggled with weight in my life, but I know that, uh, a lot of people, uh, well, especially women struggle with weight and it affects their sexuality. Mm-hmm. It affects their sexual self-esteem. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of misperceptions around heavy set people and <laughs> yeah. sex. Yep. Like they are, you know, don't, that like they don't ever have sex yeah, is one yeah. of the myths and and <laughs> I got four, four kids that says otherwise <laughs> yes exactly yeah so um we've got the proof right here yeah. the evidence is in studio right now and uh and you're going to stay with me over the break and we're going to talk about how you actually lost this weight and how uh your messages for other people and, and it's great the information and how they can actually get in touch with you if they're struggling and if they want to lose weight and so no amount is insurmountable here people <laughs> So uh, if you've struggled with weight, and most people have, um, you'll want to stay with me over the break. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.